Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Greater Columbus Sports Commission is proud to celebrate the history of women's athletes and the 50th anniversary of Title IX with a new podcast. The Starting Nine Up podcast will feature some of the most important female voices in local sports. Hosted by iHeartMedia's Matt McCoy, Starting Nine Up explores stories you may be familiar with and others you might be hearing for the first time. Listen and subscribe to Starting Nine Up, a Title IX podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Texas Mike is here as well at the news desk. Yes, How are I you, am. sir? Doing great. Great, great. And we have uh, joining us via phone, Tom, is that you? Hello, Granite State. Yes, Tom Myers. How are you, my friend? I don't think that you and I have ever actually spoken other than online. I, I don't think so, no. I think we've uh, known of each other from my uh, many appearances on uh, the old IP&M uh, but, uh, no, I, I believe it's the first time actually speaking in person. I know we've communicated, uh, over, uh, messenger. Yes. No, this is my, uh, first time actually speaking. Well, it's, uh, it's great to, to talk with you. Of course. Uh, now you have something very exciting to discuss. You've got this, this brand new, um, we should start there. I, I think because this is a big day, your new, uh, podcast uh, drops today. That's what the young people say now, as I'm sure you're aware, Tom. They say drops. It uh, it drops today. That's the. I'm not aware of. I'm not aware of what young people are doing anymore. We, like, maybe if you asked me ten years ago, well, we <laughs> I try, would, but uh, well, not the, so much. Well, you know, Tom, we try to keep the the language. We try to keep the lingo very young and hip on this show because I <laughs> because that's a key demographic. So I, you know, I want. I want the listeners to think I'm a hep cat and not some jive turkey. You understand what I'm saying? As, as much as you can get away with on FM radio in the 2020s. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Our friend, <laughs> our friend Texas Mike here. He's a young. What? What are you? 26. Yes, I am. He's a, he's a very young man. So he helps me with a lot of the lingo. But uh, but yeah. So your new. He's your he's your he's your. He's your ambassador to your uh, possible future and uh, possible sponsorships. Yes, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And to the youth of America. It's it's quite wonderful. It's quite wonderful. Um, but yeah, so you've got the new podcast, and I love the title, by the way, Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. <laughs> I love that. Um, tell yeah, us, yeah. T- t- tell us about it. What's, uh, what, what's it all about? Um. It's modeled on sort of the, the late night comedy shows and also on like Sunday morning panel discussion shows because, you know, it's, it's a comedy podcast, but, you know, I, I discuss news and, uh, you know, current events, anything else going on. Um, uh, also, just weird videos I happen to find online. I, I go ahead and share those. I don't know if you, if you took a, a preview of the episode that's uh, going out tonight, but we have it's a wide variety of uh, topics is, uh, discussed on tonight's show, mainly surrounding uh, some little medical bug that's going around. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called uh, coronavirus 19, also known as SARS 2. That's been kind of uh, hitting the streets. 
I, I, uh, Texas Mike, is that, is that how I'm supposed to say that? <laughs> Texas Mike? Hit, hitting the streets, is that correct, uh, Texas Mike? Yes, sure, why not? Hitting the streets, that's right, yes. <laughs> I think I remember, Tom, this does sound familiar. I think I remember hearing something about this back in back in March or something, but I haven't paid much attention to it since then because I remember the president saying something about, oh, don't worry about it. We have one or two cases and uh, it's just going to wash through or something like that. So I've been, which was good enough for me. I mean, you know, President Trump's word with me, his word is bond. I, I, uh, you know, he said, don't worry about it. In the meantime, I've been going out and uh, hugging all my older relatives to uh-huh. you know put them out of their misery just in case that's great that's great i've been uh, i've been licking doorknobs everywhere I, I go of course but but good for you and I, and i can i can i can say that because there's a very good chance that none of my relatives will be listening to this so i'm safe oh well okay well that's that's good <laughs> you don't want them to know that you had an ulterior motive when hugging them <laughs> i understand they, they know I, I think they know <laughs> oh boy yeah so um you i mean have you always done this um sort of a political satire or i mean what, what tell us about your comedy in, in a broader sense i mean uh, does it tend to be about this kind of thing or or what, what do you do as far as comedy well not really i mean if you if you listen to my last CD called uh, "Make America Innate Again," which is just <laughs> yeah. basically it's, it's basically a send up of the uh, of uh, some uh, current uh, trending campaign slogan at the moment, um, you know. I mean, despite that, I've always been very politically minded. But if you take a listen to that CD, I think it's like forty five, forty six minutes long, and only eight minutes of it is about politics and. That's split up between making fun of you know, Republicans as as well as Democrats. So I'm not really a largely you know, uh, political comic. Yeah. Um, like if I do, if I do, for example, this podcast that I'm doing, um, obviously it's heavily political based. And you know, during my stage show, I only reference it a little, but uh, but not as much. Yeah. When I'm on stage. It is, um, though, I mean, the, the, the times that we live in, and I, I, I don't mean uh, about COVID-19 specifically, but I mean in, in a broader sense, the Trump administration. I mean, do you find that even though, you know, politics is not what's at the, the center of your comedy, but when you, when you do go to that, when you go to that subject, do you find that the Trump presidency has made it, I don't know if easier is, is quite the right word, but um, in, in terms of accessing material, you know, things to riff on, because I, I can tell you from my perspective, you know, I'm, I'm not a comedian. I mean, I, I think I'm some people think I'm funny, but um, I know doing this show has been very, very easy uh, during the Trump administration. It literally is the one thing I will miss about him is that. Uh, once he's no longer president, assuming Biden wins, I'll have to go back to doing actual show prep uh, because I it won't oh, be. Well, a... the thing is, the, the thing is, if he loses, like the people who support him, you know, they're they're not going away. It's like when you yeah. know, Obama became president after eight years of George W. Bush. You thought, okay, all of the, the Bush supporters and Republicans, and you know, the the, Pal- the Palinites are all going to disappear into the ether. No, they came back, and you know, they came back. Came back strong and uh, reached the uh, reached the summit uh, four years ago. 
So yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're not they're not going away. They're always going to be there. And people ask me, well, if Trump loses, you know, you're going to start making fun of Biden, right? I'm like, well, yeah, if if he does stupid stuff, and you know, I have sort of made I have made jokes about Biden in the past. I I still do at some you know, recent shows I've done. Yeah, so I'm not so I'm not totally opposed to making uh making fun of democrats especially as I, I worked in democratic politics for 10 years i mean i i can probably do like another hour or so based on <laughs> based on that stuff yeah but you know that the thing is the uh the trump people the uh QAnon folks they're not going away like they're not going to be quiet if anything they're going to be more amped up because as loud as the anti-trump resistance was or still is, um, you know, the, the pro-Trump resistance, if we have it from November 4th to, up to the period including January 20th and beyond, they're going be, to be just as loud, and they're going to utilize it to their advantage. And it's going to swing back eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, why not, I mean, why not keep them... Why not keep them in my sights as well? <laughs> True. It raises a question, though, and this is something I've been wondering about. And again, this is assuming that that Trump loses. Does um, does Trumpism survive Trump leaving? And what I mean by that is because Trump has changed Republican politics. It's much coarser now. It's much louder. It's much more aggressive. It's much more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as far as personally attacking people and insulting people and 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 far less politically correct uh, than ever, you know, right? So uh, there's, there's an aggression and a meanness to it now that wasn't quite there before, right? I mean, you couldn't imagine George W. Bush, for example, behaving the way that Donald Trump behaves. Does that continue after trump is gone or i shouldn't say or it's not really a binary choice because it'll probably be somewhere it'll probably be a mixture of these ideas but or for the sake of argument does the republican party kind of do to trump what trump does to people who've betrayed him in some way in other words do people like mitch mcconnell kind of act like oh yeah trump um i sort of remember him i think he he used to get coffee for me but yeah i didn't really i didn't really know the guy that well and then and then they, the the party just kind of goes on and maybe reverts back to being some sort of polite and civil and uh you know or or maybe even evolves into something new but uh, d- does trump get left behind or does trumpism continue after trump is gone he, yeah, he, he used to put bills on my desk. In fact, some of them are still there, I think. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked at them. Yeah. I haven't really read them. Well, you see, I don't know. All I think, uh, the only thing I can think about is, um, like, if, uh, you know, let's say Trump loses, then I'm pretty sure, like, Donald Trump Jr. is willing to take up his mantle. And the thing is, mm-hmm. if, you know, he decides to run for uh, if he decides to run for president, obviously, you know, he's, uh, he's younger. Maybe he has more, maybe he has more of an, of an appeal to get out to, uh, a certain sect of voters. Yeah. But it might, it may be advantageous because, you know, they won't have to throw out all their, uh, Trump flags and Trump signs. <laughs> they can just keep them because it's like, it's like, you know, a, a, a dynasty, you know, it's like, yeah. if, if, if it's like the Kennedy family, but you know, they're, uh, racism isn't secret. <laughs> yes. 
I have to say, for legal reasons, for ha- for legal reasons, I don't know that the Kennedys have ever said anything racist. <laughs> right. To the I'm... to the best to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> right, right, yes. It's always good to include uh, uh, such a uh, disclaimer with that uh, type of statement. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can definitely see uh, Don Jr. Uh, picking up the mantle. Uh, the irony being is, and I I you know, and I I think uh, I think Don Jr. is uh, repugnant uh, on every level. However. I think he's actually, in some ways, more articulate than his father. Uh, I, I mean, that's a very, very low bar, but uh, he may. Well, be, he, I mean, have you heard him? Have you heard him speak? Yeah, it's like he's like if he's like if if run on sentences and all caps was a person, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, clearly, his his performance at uh, at the Republican convention is. Uh, is is just proof that you know when he heard the phrase when when they go low we go high he took that the wrong way. <laughs> what, what 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 do you mean? And his girl and his girlfriend his girlfriend's <laughs> even nuts. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Did oh you yeah, see her speech. I did. My God, just it's like she knew she was yelling basically into a room full of like no people. Right. Like, she was expecting to speak it to a crowd full of people, but you know because of the pandemic they couldn't do that. So it was you know, basically just one desperate woman yelling into an empty room is basically, you know, the Trump campaign's outreach in a nutshell. Yeah, she did deliver the uh, she delivered the speech exactly how she would if she was uh, speaking to a stadium, you know, opening for the Rolling yeah. Stones or something with uh, the volume with which she was uh, screaming. It was it was very, very strange. Uh Maybe I, I don't. I don't know about. I don't know about these full. Uh, these full stadia. Tell me about them. I haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> that's that's true. There's that. Uh... No, really. I'm I'm an I'm an Orioles fan. I haven't seen a full stadium in a while. <laughs> Sports references. Are... You know. You know your baseball. You know your. You know your baseball team sucks when the only thing that can fill up the stadium parking lot is free COVID nineteen testing. Oh. See, the sports references are a bit lost on me, Tom, but our friend here, Texas Mike, he's totally with you, aren't you, Texas Mike? Yes, I am. He's a, he's a big sports guy. He's a big sports guy. But uh, I, I actually, apparently, uh, COVID-19 made a guest appearance at the uh, at the World Series. I do know that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, that, was, that was probably, like, coming out onto the field after you test positive, taking off your mask and posing with the team photo. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all, all joke, I mean, all joking aside, it's literally one of the most disturbing things I've, I've seen. And I do, I do uh, sports PA announcing on the side. I announce oh. youth baseball. Okay. If one, if one person, our policy is if one person, one player on a team, or like a parent or a coach or someone gets tested positive, the whole team, everyone is cut from the tournament. They're disqualified. Yeah. So the fact that the Dodgers were allowed to do that, they allowed uh, Justin Turner to do that, mm-hmm. is just is is absolutely sickening. Like, and yeah. I've seen I've seen coaches from opposing teams get into a fist fight after a game, <laughs> like at a really at a at a, at a youth baseball game. Yeah. Really? On, on Easter weekend of all weekends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some sometimes sports does that sometimes. Like 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 I've I'm not lying about this. I've I've been in a fight at a sports game for NHGI. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, um yeah, this was probably three or four years ago. 
about Southern Maine Community College, and and we were playing them in the conference championship game. We lost, and they had a couple twicks on their team. Yeah, and 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 it by after the buzzer, it went. Wow. Well, they should have known better. You don't mess with Texas Mike. I wasn't known as Texas. <laughs> I wasn't known as Texas Mike back then, but right, right. <laughs> wow. Um. I'm I'm pissing myself right now listening to him speak. Yes, well, I, yeah, I, aren't we all? Aren't, aren't I'm going to have a lot to, and, uh, to. Well, of course, we always clean the studio yeah, here yeah. anyway, but. <laughs> but but we always and, and you know now we have we're, we're stuck with COVID and its effects and you know Kimberly Gilfoyle yelling into an empty room. She must be an absolute nightmare for everybody in a bar if she's doing karaoke. Oh my like, she god! Could take the most, yeah, she could take the most innocent song probably and just make it terrifying she can make the she can make the carpenters sound absolutely dreadful like just like me <laughs> they long to be close to you you're right and the sad yeah. part the sad part is she could probably make that sound better than i just did <laughs> she totally is that person though you're right you're right yeah that's why i avoid <laughs> karaoke um hey can you tell us about your uh your you said uh, you worked in democratic politics for a decade yeah, I was uh, the chair of uh, my uh, local chapter's uh, Young Democrats. I was also a member of the uh, uh, Democratic Party in my county. And uh, my last uh, my last campaign that I helped was for a uh, a winning U.S. Senate candidate. So oh. once I, I figured that was pretty much the uh, the pinnacle of my political uh, activities. Wow! So I thought, okay, that's a that's a good note to uh, end it on. No, that makes sense. Interestingly enough, I live. I mean, I live in the Baltimore area, but I live in sort of in a suburban county, and I turned in my absentee vote. I walked it into my um, local board of elections office mid September, and apparently, I was the first person to turn my vote in. Oh wow! In, in that county, yeah, there's like the the woman literally did not like I. They said, "Oh, you have your absentee ballot application." Like, no, this is my my actual ballot, and I threw her into a tizzy because, <laughs> like, I was the first one to to turn it in. And of course, you know, they they want to encourage everybody to vote, so uh, they went ahead and everybody stood up and applauded as soon as I turned my ballot. It's like, yay, somebody voted! And, yeah, <laughs> and interestingly enough. That was a that was an applause that was louder than any I received at any open mic I did since the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's impressive. That's impressive. I mean, yeah. Uh, but you see, here's the thing. I mean, I miss I miss voting in person. I like voting not because yeah. I care about any of the candidates or any of the issues, but I like that it's the one day of the year I can go to my local high school and not look like a creep. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's right because and but now but I, I i sort of like the idea of absentee voting now yeah because now because if i used to i would go early vote and you know you see candidates standing outside with signs wanting to hand you literature mm-hmm. and now i i like that i don't have anybody handing me the pamphlet of some dickwad that i don't want to vote for right i love that Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, is, are there a lot of, uh, I would assume in your area now, there's a lot of absentee voting going on, right? 
I mean, it, it's it sounds like all over the even in even in Texas, I, I guess they've already gotten in more absentee ballots mm-hmm. than they did uh, entire you know the entirety of people voting in 2016. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, they're 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 breaking they're breaking records, and of course, even when they say, "Oh, higher turnout tends to favor the tends to favor Democrats," I mean, that's not necessarily true. I mean, all you had to do was look at you know, say something like 1972, when, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, 18-year-olds could vote. So they thought, oh, it's going to be good for the Democrats. And then, you know, Richard Nixon won every single state but, you know, Massachusetts. Um, yeah. But, you know, typically nowadays, uh, I will give the Republicans a lot of credit. They know how to make a message so that everybody can understand it. And their supporters come out and vote. They yeah always vote which is why there's such a push for there's such a push for turnout and why you know the turnout tends to get suppressed because republicans want to stay in power yeah and you know instead of instead of courting the new voters and saying hey here's what we've, we've got to offer you they're just alienating them by saying no you you can't vote and then yeah you know if if enough of them sort of ride over them then uh then then they won't be in power anymore. Uh, to me, if, if I was in Republican politics, God help me, it would just make a whole lot more sense to just, you know, court court new voters. Right. Like, you know, if any, any Republicans are listening, just, you know, try and be a little more open-minded just because they don't look like you or, or don't <laughs> think like you. I mean, because uh, uh, especially, like, I don't... When most, especially because a good chunk of voters don't identify with a party, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can you can th- those are easily those are easily persuadable voters, right? Yeah, people don't realize that it doesn't get talked about much, and I I understand why the mainstream media doesn't necessarily want to talk about it. But last I looked, forty one percent, which is huge, forty one percent of the national electorate in this country are undeclared independent voters. It's um. They're, they're, they're tired. They're tired of the, of the two party back and forth. They're mm-hmm. like, they're, uh, they're like me. I mean, I consider myself fairly left leaning, but I, I tend to vote Democrat because that's my, you know, that's, that's my, my only option. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have, I mean, you, you have the Democrats, which are considered largely, you know, liberal, and then you have the, uh, Republicans, which are largely conservative. And you could say, well, you could vote, you could vote Green Party, but okay, that's been, you know, hijacked by, you know, the Republican Party, you know, by way of Vladimir Putin and, and Russia and so many of these hacking techni- techniques. Like, there's no, there's really not even any any third parties anymore. Just to be honest, I mean, none yeah. worth worth supporting. Well, they had a unique opportunity in 2016, uh, third parties did. And they, you know, they, they, they tried. I mean, you know, because you had two um, relatively unpopular, by some metrics, uh, nominees in the major parties. So then I remember, mm-hmm. like, Gary Johnson, the Libertarian nominee in 2016, actually, you know, he got, I mean, he had no chance of doing anything significant, but he did get some traction in that MSNBC was giving him some attention. And same thing with Jill Stein for the Green Party. But uh, this well, Jill, Jill Stein. I mean, Jill Stein. Like I said, I mean, she was I mean, the Green Party's pretty much been it's been hijacked by conservative interests to try and dilute mm-hmm. uh, 
Democratic vote. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the Greens, I don't even consider them. I don't even consider them like a, a party to a party to the left anymore. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know. I mean, they've certainly lost uh, some mojo because I don't even know. I can't remember who the Green Party nominee is this year. Whereas in 2016, Jill Stein, you know, became fairly well known, and of course. Um, the libertarians this time have uh, Joe Jorgensen, who I'm much less familiar with than I am with uh, Gary Johnson. But nobody's really talking. Well, you know, I don't see MSNBC interviewing her, whereas they did give uh, Gary Johnson Green, a lot of the time. Green, the Green Party's the Green Party candidate. I forget his name, but his first name is Howie. Okay. Well, like if you if you're gonna if you're gonna try and face down you know a dictator, you don't want to go up with a name like you know. Uh, Howie, like you know, Howie. Howie is the kid who tries to sell you like five dollar uh, candy bars, you know, so he and his baseball team can go play in a, a regional tournament. You know, he's not, right. He's not a head of state. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's a great point. I I, I do believe that is a disqualifier for the presidency. I think it's in the it's it actually constitutionally. I think right. It, it, you have to be thirty five, and you can't have a name that ends in an I E, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to be eligible. Uh, and of course, you have to be a, a you know a naturalized uh, or a natural citizen. But um, well, listen, uh, Tom. I know uh, time is short. This has been wonderful. We have to do this more often. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and everyone, check out the podcast. It'll be streaming tonight. Uh, it's actually going to debut on IPM Nation tonight at nine p.m. And we'll make sure IPM uh, IPM two. Yes. And I also want to. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of my fellow panelists. Yeah, please. Um, Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello, both comics in the uh, D.C. Baltimore area, both very funny. Um, I, I want to thank them for uh, joining me. Look for them on their social media. Um, if you're in the Baltimore area, I believe Abby's doing a show tonight somewhere in the Baltimore area. If, if you're uh, if you're listening, and you know, look out for Jeff Heisen as well. They're both absolutely uh, hilarious comics. And tonight, because we're talking about COVID, I'm interviewing uh, Tara Haley. Okay. She's a uh, science writer. She's written for Forbes magazine. She's written for you know the New York Times. So we're we're uh, we're, we're kicking some uh, kicking some butt on this uh, on this first episode. Yeah, that's uh, and that will uh, that will drop tonight at uh, nine p.m. as the kids say, and uh, you know we'll be and, then, uh, and we also have a, and we also have an election night special coming out. So we oh, got a, yes, a, a yes. one two uh, a one two punch. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, maybe, um, yeah, maybe on election day, we not to put you on the spot, but if you have a if you have a uh, time on election day, maybe we can have you uh, call back in then to uh, to, to remind people. I'm I'm, I'm a touring I'm a touring road comic handicapped by a pandemic. I've got time. You've got time. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Understood. All right, uh, Tom Myers uh, from the new uh, with the new podcast, Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Thank you so much, my friend. This has been wonderful, and and yeah. let's uh, let's do this off. Often. This has been great. Definitely. All thanks, right. uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Texas Mike. Yep. Nice to meet you, Tom. And <laughs> and I I hope to see you. I hope to see you doing some comedy soon. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, I tell you, I tell you what. I did uh, in January. I was up in uh, I was up in Boston. I, I did a show there. Very great crowd. So as soon as all this dies down well maybe poor choice of words as soon as all this <laughs> as soon as this pandemic is no more i uh i might make a return to uh to 
New England and maybe the Manchester area might not be uh, out of the realm of possibility. Ooh, that would be fantastic. All right, all right. I got some connections, so... There you go. <laughs> all right, yeah. All right. Let's, let, let's, let's talk. Absolutely. All right, Tom. Thank you so much, my friend. Be safe. Yeah, likewise. All Thank right. you. All right, man. Take care. All right, uh, that was uh, comedian and uh, satirist uh, Tom Myers and his new show, Tom Myers versus the Rest of the World, will be debuting tonight online, uh, and the podcast will be available on demand after it airs live. Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Or as we like to call it, the can't have just one deal. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, McChicken biscuit, chicken McGriddles, or crispy hash browns. Want two sausage biscuits? Buy one, get one for a dollar. Want a sausage biscuit and hash browns? That's cool, too. Choose more of what you love. Buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with combo meal.